Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To the mouth of manliness with me, Nicholas Noyes. Um, yeah, we're back again. Uh, this one is another Zoom interview uh, because we are still in uh, 80% of lockdown at least. Um, and I'm really, really pleased to say that I've got Liam McLeod here with us. Um, Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm uh, so. I, I guess what I was kind of saying before is that um, I like the way that you're uh, you're very open about mental health, and I think um, that's the way forward. You know, yep. for to be honest about things, and um, the position that you're in um, to have, um, we'll get into it, but to go on what you've been through, um, where you're kind of in that kind of hero status, to then say no, 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 but then, but then. <laughs> But then within that, say, no, I can't, no I'm vulnerable. Mm. Um, I think that's a bit special because I don't think people tend to do it, um, which is one of my big reasons for kind of wanting to get you on, really. That and the fact that um, you've done my mate Stuart's one and he said you're a lovely fellow. Uh, I, so, can't believe, I can't believe anyone would listen to that and think I want him on my podcast. <laughs> well, I, to, to be honest, I, like... I, 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 like um, I kind of dip in and out of podcasts, so uh, yeah. like, I'm just like, yeah. I know, like, theirs is a bit different to this, I guess. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> so, um, you're a police, you're a policeman still. I am indeed. Yes, five, five, about five years in now, I think, roughly. Oh, is that it? Yeah, mate. Still, still quite well. I've, there's quite a high turnover in policing, um, especially in the force I'm in. So, actually, five years isn't new anymore there there's a lot of people that have been in a lot longer but yeah five years I'm I mean I do tutoring now I've, I've got a lot of courses out of it so yeah I'm kind of one of the more experienced people that are certainly on my well yeah in my station now yeah my sister's uh my sister's a police officer and her husband and um she's just retired she's uh 50. I've got a long she's way retired. to go so she started when she was like 
18, 19, I think. Like, so she's yeah. done all of her time and she's retired. And now she's a lecturer. Because oh, cool. uh, she did like so many kind of courses and exams that it all yeah. lumped together creates a, a degree. There's, there's a lot of courses you can do, but you can sort of take out and use for other things as well. It's not everything. It's not just sort of pleasy pleasy. There are sort of things you can do that go a bit outside of that box. So, yeah, it's all, it's all right. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Um, yeah, it made it much more worthwhile. Um, so recently, like you've you've kind of said stuff about uh, PTSD. It did get me to thinking really about the kind of jobs like that. See, like I'm a probation officer, so I um, uh, I hear lots of terrible, terrible things, mm. you know. And in some ways, uh, I'm kind of lucky that I can brush a lot of it off, but. You know, like you think you, you, sometimes you're almost experiencing someone else's trauma because you hear yeah, yeah. Other stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's just a crazy old thing. So, do you mm -hmm. want to, if you're all right, tell us um, how uh, how you came to prominence? Do you oh, mind going yes. through it? Yes, it's quite. Um, <laughs> so, I could, I, well, there's a really long story and there's a slightly condensed version. I'm going to go for the slightly condensed one. Yeah, yeah. So, the long story short is um, I was. Working, it was, well, I was within my two years of being a police officer, I was still in my probation, I was on duty on a night shift, left our, um, our station at London Bridge and walked into a marauding terror attack. I'm putting that in really simple terms, if it's all yeah. just like that happens every day. It doesn't. Um, you know, I can go into more about it than I could before, but you know, we, my colleague was obviously injured, we, we engaged in a, in a conflict with these armed terrorists um and then pretty much i mean it all happened so quickly it was minutes really that i was engaged with them or anything was happening with them well not even that in fact um and then i was kind of yeah out and about all night just doing first aid and, and stuff anyway um and really i mean yeah so from that I got a gallantry medal from the Queen, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, between the terror attack and getting a medal off the Queen, I had a really hard time um, with my mental health, which I hadn't certainly to any major extent before. Um, yeah, just kind of went had a, had a really rough time, to be honest. Okay, so... <laughs> that was a quick version. I just want to put it into perspective. So uh, for people who don't, no, or people who are in other parts of the world, but I imagine people know about this. Was um, mm. it was uh, by Borough Market, isn't it? Yeah, Borough Market, London Bridge. Yeah, um, some terrorists um, basically kind of with like knives and machetes just yeah. started going into people. Mm. Um, and you and your colleague were the first ones there. Yeah, we we just genuinely we just left the office and. Uh, Heard a noise, heard a noise away to our left, only about 100 yards away. Didn't really know what it was, didn't think anything, to be honest, of it, because it's a Saturday night in London, Champions League final we'd been on, so didn't think, oh, something's going on that you've got to have you know, massive attention. But my colleague was on my left and he was really looking for a while. We half went to walk off and he stopped again, was looking, he said, oh, I think there's a fight. So we just ran to the end of the street. Yeah. Um, I remember someone come up to us and said there's a there's a fight or something like that there's a fight over there or something or they've gone that way i can't remember exactly now so we crossed over the road again and someone then 
informed me that someone had been stabbed. So without being horrible, like stabbings happen, so I still wasn't thinking anything untoward. There's nothing on the radio. There's nothing obviously going on that, you know, we certainly I was aware of at that stage. Yeah. So I was just treating this initial thing as, as what it is, it's a stabbing. Um, and then, yeah, a few seconds after that, just heard shouting to my right. And that was when basically my colleague was being attacked. So um, I ran up to him and that was where we had this kind of standoff thing. So it's pretty, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it's fucking scary. But I imagine to some extent you're trying to like go into it rather than run, like I'd be running. Like, I'm shit scared of everything, you know? <laughs> like, and I don't mind admitting I'm I'm not yeah. very manly. I'd be running. Um, I'd like it's, to think I'd be more, but I don't think I would. It's an odd. It's odd. Like you, obviously, you go through stuff in training and school about you know the, the the terrorism threat, and it is high and it is you know it's real. Um, but I don't, it's not that you're blasé, but you never really think it's you could be there when it happened, you know, right there. Um, the Westminster attack that happened a few months before, I think it happened in March. Yeah, it wasn't I, was on, I was on duty then and kind of had some involvement in terms of just come witness contact. But, had, you know, you, you never expect to necessarily be completely first-hand, front-line um, in that kind of environment. And as much as you train for it, like I can honestly say there was no there was nothing really I was doing where I was thinking right about what training had taught me I went into autopilot yeah. and the one thing I've always said and like I know we joke about it but like I do kind of play down the hero thing purely because it was autopilot I wasn't thinking I need to go and do this or I need to go and do that I just reacted and so that's the only thing I'm glad about is actually I reacted and I done some good um, yeah because you know, fight the whole fight and flight thing is is real, and I think you know I'm sure a lot of people did run away that night, and I don't blame a single person, and obviously not just myself. There was my colleague, there was um Charlie, who was an off duty met officer who I'm pals with now, and loads of other people. Obviously, didn't run away. They tried to they tried to fight as well. So I'm. I'm glad I was one of them, and and that's kind of where I draw the line with it. Really, it's not something that I massively define myself as a hero. It's all nothing like that. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, you're kind of, I mean, not to, I don't want to play it down either, but essentially, no, yeah. like, you're kind of, that's your job, isn't it? It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> you get so trained quite a long time to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you did it. The one thing that sticks in mind, which is what they, they say, and it's like a, it's. It's a bit cliche and it is a bit cheesy at times, but it's true. It's like we, we as a police officer, you go towards the things that other people go away from. Yeah. And that's, like you say, it is, it was my job. And I'm, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. If I was off duty on that night, do I necessarily think I would have done the same thing? Probably, probably not. Probably not. But who knows? So, it's, I, I think um, more often not to a trauma in a not particularly good way. Mm. Or in a way that it kind of fucking messes us up. Yeah. So, so what was the initial aftermath then for you? Um, oh, it's so weird. Like it's it's hindsight as well. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. So I can look back now and think, 
of all these little things where it's like that was a sign of things not being good. Yeah. So like even like there was so much adrenaline on the night anyway. And I remember like when the adrenaline stopped, I was just crying. I, 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 we, we went back to this yard in Waterloo, got into this front office and I was trying to keep it together. And one of my colleagues cut to me and, like, and he like he knew what my initial involvement had been. He was like, Are you all right? I was like, nah. So just broke down then. Which I guess is kind of normal anyway, but yeah. yeah. Um, I kind I tried my whole mentality for anything in life has always been try and get back to normal as quick as possible. So while I would never have gone back into the work the next night, I would have been probably quite happy to just go back in the night after that. Um, I, I I don't know I. I Something was different. The, the, there was little things I was looking out for. Like, so one thing in particular is when I got home about 10 o'clock in the morning, the night after it happened, so probably like 12 hours after this all began. Yeah. Um, and I was married at the time and had a little boy, and I, like, I had to go and obviously tell my missus exactly what happened and got quite upset then again, but it's fine. And then went up to bed just to get some kit, which I would do. And I, I remember in the back of my head, I was like, I don't want to, I, like, I hope I sleep okay, because I was really scared of yeah. kind of replaying things in your head just in your sleep. And like, there was one thing in particular that I'll, I've always remembered from that night, and I won't talk about it now because it's just a bit inappropriate, but there's something, something that's always stuck in my head from that night. And I can't, for a, honestly, about two weeks afterwards, every time I was going to bed, I would think about it. And it was weird, like, because I'd almost laugh, because it's like, if at least I'm thinking about it now, I'm not not thinking about it, and then it's not going to be in my head when I'm asleep. But yeah. it was like, it was always in the back of my head, like, I hope I sleep all right, I hope I sleep all right. Um, I pretty much was back to work, like, normal. Uh, didn't have long off. Like, within a week, within a week, I was, I was back. How does that work? If they say, if you say you're okay, yeah, pretty much. Like I, they, I was always told, like, look, you take as much time as you need. Whether it's, yeah, like I say, I, I guess it's just my mentality is always always yeah, it's not as simple as that. Get back it? to normal. Get back to normal. Um, and you know, I felt, I oh, got the emotions. I can't remember exactly, but I know I felt like this sadness, not for any. Massive reason, like by that point, I knew my colleague was all right, wasn't you know, wasn't gonna die. Um, you know, I knew I'd done all right, so I mean, I wasn't looking for praise or anything, but I knew I'd done all right. Um, so I just was trying to get back to normal, really. Um, I still worked like at London Bridge, so clearly that was not gonna happen straight away, but yeah, I was just trying to just try and get back to normal, and I and I think like, and I don't, it's not the job's fault, like, they they were, there were certain people saying like you should probably take a bit of time off but I I wanted to be there I wanted to try and I don't know just kind of do my bit with the aftermath if that makes sense yeah. um so yeah I, I was given the choice of taking time off but I didn't want to and I think if someone had tried to force me then I would have been pretty pissed off about it as well to be brutally honest yeah so um there's no criticism for them um but yeah like I said I just remember one one time in particular, which would have been, so it happened on like a Saturday night. It was a Thursday. I was on late, and 
I was having like just rest, I was having something to eat, but I had no appetite and it was like, I, I didn't really realise, like I say, at the time I didn't really realise like, anything, but there was this anxiety that was clearly like building up in me and I, I just didn't think anything of it. I just thought, I feel a bit sad, didn't really, as weird as it sounds, didn't really know why. But you so, don't know what to do, do you? Like, no, you're no, not meant to know either, you know, like how do you know what to do with that? It's hindsight. With hindsight yeah. now, I look back and I was like, God, you're so stupid. <laughs> but at the time I just thought like, I just I couldn't really figure out why I was never hungry. So like that that happened a lot where it would be at a normal eating time and I just wouldn't be hungry. And I remember that night in particular, like I was trying to pretty much force myself because I don't think I'd eaten all day. So I was, but then I just started feeling sick. So it's just like well, okay, <laughs> I won't then. And I guess things just kind of carried on like that for a little while really um i can't remember exactly but i say after a little period i guess i felt all right i see now now i'm thinking about i remember there was one other thing that i was really doing a lot of the time like i've always been quiet outgoing loud probably quite annoying to people but like a bit of a joker yeah and i remember i'd be in the station and i would be i'd say something to try and get a laugh and then immediately in the back of my head, I'd be like, why did you say that? Because it's not really funny. Or it's not, it's not just something like you've just naturally said. Like that kind of self-doubt. Yeah, like the fact that I was noticing it, I was like, why have you, why have you said that? Like, shut up. Like, it was, yeah, that was one thing that I really remembered at the time and really like, it was just like, what's going on here? It was odd. It's so weird how it is after the event. Like, when I've been on, like, kind of like on the... You know, like say, like it might be six months build up to a fucking meltdown. Yeah, yeah. I have the meltdown, and then I'm like, and then I talk it through with a therapist or even my wife, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was talking about you know, like dying, and you know, yeah. like, and I didn't even realise that I was getting into those conversations. No, exactly. It's true, man. It's true. It's still. I mean, I still get that now. Like, but uh, yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. It's yeah, weird. You don't know at the time. It's weird how you don't, like you say, you don't, and like, I mean, as you all know, I kind of had, I've had a bit of a rough week anyway. But even that's been building up and building up. And even at a point where, like, again, it was one of my skippers this week who was like, <laughs> are you all right? And I just, like, prop had a meltdown and let it all out and just got really upset. And I look even back at that now and think, like, why the hell did I let it build up to that point where someone's, noticing it in me and saying what's are you you're right because i should have i'd like to think by now i would know and i knew i wasn't fine but i think i should have realized i really needed to kind of have a bit of a, a time out as well the thing is though leon it is in uh, that happens and you can't say i should have mm. you know like and that, in, in, in an ideal world you would have noticed it earlier and you would have dealt with mm. it and it wouldn't have got to a point but it's really, I think, like, and I've learned this so much, is that um, if you then go, oh, I should have, and then you get into that blaming cycle. Yeah, true. Feeding the beast. Right? Yeah, definitely. And, and you're kind of moving it along. Because all the time you're still trying to, you know, like, what, when you said, like, you just want to get back to normal. Mm. And you always think getting back to normal involves just engaging with life and going along. Yep. Sometimes getting back to normal is spending a week in bed. 
you know, Again, we're together. It's, it's mad because I think, like, like you said about you know, <laughs> how we work with me going straight back, and I and I, I look back now and I think if I had my missus at the time was kind of like saying you should probably have a bit of time off, and I didn't listen, and you think, well, it's I don't I don't beat myself up about it now because it's there's, that wouldn't help, like we say, but um. Well, what would you have done at the time anyway? You yeah. know, like, yeah, that's what I mean. You, like, it's, it's, as you say, it's hindsight. It's just like that. Yeah. But I do just think, you never know, if if I had taken that week, or, like, you know, good or bad, if I'd taken that week off, where would I be now? Um, I might be in a far better place, but I do think, potentially, you know, I could have been in a far, as I said, I can honestly say, if someone had told me, no, you're, you're staying off work, I would have been really... I wouldn't have liked that at the time, and then would that have meant I went home and had a massive Barney, or like it's the, the whole butterfly effect thing anyway? And it like you never, you never know. So it's not something I. Again, that's something I've totally beat myself up with for a long time. I think. Yeah, but I think it's totally understandable what you did. Like I, I, I probably do very similar myself. Although I am quite work shy, and again, <laughs> if I need to do fuck all, I probably would. But that's the work of doing anything. <laughs> but then, so then, so tell it, talk us through like the. Like the, what happened, like the preceding. The slowly. How long were we talking about then, between then and now? Like it was quite a few. So, years. so that was obviously, that was literally coming up to the three year anniversary actually in a couple of weeks, not two right. weeks. Right. Um, yeah. So I just, slowly but surely, I just went off the rails. Like I, oh, I feel, I, I hate it and just talking about it almost so blasely is wrong but like I went off with another woman like left my marital home there'd never been any issues in my marriage like up to that point but just ran away like done everything that I wouldn't normally do um I was drinking loads again didn't all, all this is happening I just thought oh this is some sort of new me it's you know and it's I I like made excuses for myself and I was like I'm probably fine but I just went off the rails massively. And like I say, the drinking was, was something, I, I'm, I'm not a massive drinker, like I really ain't. But I was going out drinking on my own. I was just, I was just being a cunt. Honestly, there's, there's, I, that's what I think of it. Like, and I, I know I can say, all right, I wasn't all right. And that's the truth, but I was just a shit, shit human. And the only place that I was kind of normal was at work. And um, I've discussed it before so many times. Like you put on the uniform, and it is a bit of an act because you're you go and break up a fight, and it's something that I, you know, if if there's a fight going on in front of you, and you're in this uniform, you got to go and be the big guy, and you got to go and break it up. And ordinarily, if I saw a fight, I might I might try and do something about it, but if I can't, I'll just sort of stand back and hope nothing happens and just watch it and be a witness, like. But I feel like work didn't go down the pan because I was always going in and putting that act on of I go into work, I put the uniform on, I'm a police officer. And it was every time I'd then come away from work, I was just, I was just shit, I was a mess. Um, and again, I still just didn't know what was going on. And like the anxiety got worse. I, I, I remember I had this really weird thing where my mother-in-law at the time, she come to stay with us just to help out because I, just weren't really my head wasn't there and I, I like to support my missus as well and um 
don't know if I'd come home from work or something, or if I was just might have been off. But I just had it in my head that they were talking about me and that I I'd done something wrong. There was nothing going on. There's nothing I'd done wrong. There was, they they clearly weren't talking about me either. Yeah. I just had it in my head, and I just I had to get out of the house. Like I was just so pent up and upset and aggressive and. I just had to go out, so I just ended up going for a walk for like two, three hours, just on my own, just to kind of try and chill. Like, but again, like I say, the, the scary thing for me, I still didn't think there was anything obviously wrong. Um, it, I think man. it's weird because you know you're saying like um, it's almost like if you're upholding your main responsibility as a man is like you know working. Mm. Um, and you're managing to do that, then the other things, um, you know, it, it, you, you think, well, no, I'm doing that, I'm doing what I need mm. to do, so I, everything's all right. It's quite yeah. easy to fall into the trap of thinking everything's all right and it's not. I've done it so many times. I, I know, I know, again, like, I know that now so much so, but at the time, as someone who had never really, obvious anyway, never had any obvious mental health issues or you know any problems around that i just it's weird because i can sit here and say oh i thought maybe like at times i excused my behaviors as like oh, okay well i've been through a traumatic experience and now i'm just this different person and like everyone else has got to cope with that but yet i didn't kind of go you're a different person here. you like you need to kind of probably stop and have a look at what's going on and i just carried on and yeah it was just for I think what so that was June. So within about six months, five six months, I'd like moved out of my house. I was staying at my mum's. Um, I was going back a few days a week, I think, to like look after my little boy and see him. Obviously, because I, you know, I love my little boy, and that's the crazy thing. Like, I, like, I he is the best thing in the world. And I look back then, and it's like didn't even want to be around him as much as I should have wanted to be. It's just crazy, um, but yeah, like except in it, I'll yeah, that, that happened, but yeah, uh, yeah, like it happens to me, but mm. like fairly regularly, really. I get kind of swept up in my own shit, yeah, and, and I become really crap, yeah, and I, I'm like. <laughs> I'm really sorry, you know, like once I sort it out, I'm like, I'm really sorry, mm. I'll get back, you know, I'll, I'll stop being crap. But yeah. yeah every so often, it's just so because I've got an illness. But yeah, well, yeah, I start, so I started counselling, which was through work, within about three months, maybe about September time. Had some, that was my first bit of counselling. And uh, it was, it weren't great, because I was, talking to people about like what was going on like, I've got friends and colleagues I've always been quite open so I was telling people like exactly what was going on in my life exactly what was happening and um I probably wasn't always talking to the right people not in a horrible way I, like one thing I, I remember because I felt like oh, I don't want to be married anymore so I wouldn't talk to my best friends who obviously know my ex now but knew knew her I wouldn't talk to them and I think it, again that was almost subconsciously because I knew they'd be like, "Fucking hell, like you, you're not alright, or you're not, you're not." The things you're saying aren't you. Yeah. So I was talking to like work colleagues who wouldn't know everything. So I'd tell them how I was feeling, and they would obviously just be like, "Well, oh, that's fair enough then." Whereas I feel like if I 
spoken to my my good mates and the people that know me they might have been a bit more like okay you Mm. <laughs> something's something's wrong. It's 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 funny. So many things you'll say you're describing, mm. I can kind of connect with. Um, because it's like uh, when you're not well, you almost mm. live a set. You live a different life, and um, and like the the not well life gets into your head so much you don't want other people telling you, uh, kind of yeah. diverting you from it. Mm. Um, and some of the stuff you're describing is kind of quite self-destructive as well. Massively. That's always what I was, that's, that's the, that was the kind of thing I was saying when I first went to therapy. I was like, it's, it's self-destructive. Um, like the, this, per, this woman I've gone off with as well, like it was the most poisonous, chaotic affair ever. It wasn't, it was no, it, it wasn't good. It was just negativity a lot of the time. And it was just like, I don't know, it was, at times, and if, if I want to almost give myself, it's, it felt like I was punishing myself as a whole. Yeah. Like, I don't really get why, I don't know what's going on, but that, it, it wasn't, it sounds horrible, it wasn't a good thing. Like, it, it was just, it was self-destructive. Everything was. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. And you know, like, you see, um, <laughs> you know, like, you'll see, uh, through work and I see it at work people yeah. who have been in really really awful like violent relationships yeah yeah they will then go into another awful violent relationship yeah, yeah. So it's because they don't feel good enough to have a, a normal relationship yeah 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 definitely and, and that's that self-destructive bit that's like I don't deserve it you don't you don't you don't know that you're saying I don't deserve it mm. but no. you're almost telling the world yeah, it was <laughs> it was odd, but uh, like I say, so that that carried on for a while. Whilst I was having counselling as well, moved out of my house. Um, I don't know when it got like. I guess it was around that the back end of the summer would have been, again when I started, was drinking. I was just being an, an arsehole. and then um, there were times when I'd get I'd just be really low as well, and then. That was where I get. I think that's probably the kick up the ass for why I ended up in starting the counselling because I did start to kind of have those suicidal thoughts, mm. and um, it wasn't always. I don't know. It wasn't always as kind of real or as like. I always feels like this. <laughs> it sounds weird. There's different stages to a suicidal thought in my for me anyway. I think so. Yeah. You get those kind of just weird thoughts where you'll be standing at a train station. You'll be like, oh, I could just throw myself under a train. That's not. All right, granted, but it's not um, a massive fucking like red a red alert. Yeah. But there was just yeah, there was times where I'd get those kind of red alerts. Like and I've, I've said it, I think I spoke about it on Pip's podcast. Like there was a time when I was driving, I was staying in a caravan just for a week. Again, that was just to kind of have a week away from everything, a week away from work, a week, week away from like everyone and everything. And I, I think I've had a bit of an argument with. With my miss at the time so I was driving to his caravan had god knows what like blaring out late at night country roads pissing down with rain and I was just like I just was thinking I don't care if I crash I don't I don't care what happens and like I, I know I was driving like an idiot and you just think like oh, I don't know yeah I guess it's things like that where you, you look back and again that was that should have been such a, an alert for me of like you need to get 
help. You need to do something because I was just continuing on this kind of downward, downward spiral, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've totally, on for a little while. Yeah, I totally get that. Jesus, I, I, I grapple with suicidal thoughts and feelings most of my life, really. And mm. uh, I, I, I agree with the you get the wouldn't it be bliss just to throw yourself under that? Uh, and mm. then it then then it ramps up to um, that's all I can think about. Mm. You know, that's, that's all that's going on at any one point ever. Yeah, uh, and then. Yeah, you, you should try and catch the red alerts much earlier on and wait yeah, yeah. to get to. That's all I can think about. Crazy. So then, so then, what? So how, how was the counselling you had? So that <laughs> all that good? I've always said right. So variable counselling, though. So have I. So have I. Mostly, mostly positive. So I've had like three different counsellors, therapists, um, and yeah, the first one, thankfully, they progressed and got better. So the first one just listened to what I was saying and would never really give me, well, never gave me any feedback, really. Yeah, it, was just, it was just, I'm listening, I'm nodding. And, and the thing that really bugs me, and I've joked about it, is so with police officers, we're taught to carry out interviews and you're taught to essentially not feel the pause because let someone do it. So I would be sitting there and I would say everything I've got to say because I'm not holding back. I told her everything I wanted to say yeah. and I'd stop. And she'd just be doing the mm-hmm and nodding her head. And it's like, I need you to, I'm sitting there thinking, I need you to say something now because I've told you what I need to say. I need I need you to give me something back. And she just never did. It was like, uh, it's funny. Uh, it's funny uh, to look back. It was nightmare. That is a legitimate style of... Uh, I know, I know. And, exactly. it, and it's fucking rubbish because yep, the idea, yep. I suppose, is that you come to your own conclusions, which you do anyway. But like, I always find the best therapists I've had are the ones that will go, like, oh, yeah, I had something like that, you know, like, and they'll give, yeah, a, yeah. they'll give a bit, and then you're like, all oh, right, you're human now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's honing. Especially had... if you know how it works, you're doing it. Well, that's work. exactly it. It was just like, like it, it just because, and I remember by the end, like, I think I had six sessions with her. And it just was by the end, it was like, I just know this isn't going anywhere. I know it's not really working. Like, I know you're not. Like, I just, it's just like, almost a game of, right, I'm just going to say what I've got to say and I'm just going to sit here and we'll see you, see if we can sit on the silence longer. Yeah, you just made stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> I should have made things. It's sort of dinosaur, but no. But um, I, so I had that for a few months. Then I had a different counsellor who was really good and that was where she sort of fed me some like um cbt tips so she was good she was really i really got on with her um i was gutted to be honest when that could because i had it through work you had six sessions and for some reason you weren't then allowed to continue it no no that's that's all like short hit stuff it's all short term standards but really something like you've been through you want like psychotherapy or something where like i I've been having the same therapist for two years. Right. And I, the prescription is like three years or more. Yeah, yeah. So you need that kind of regular ongoing, but most things you get through like, like work or through, yeah, yeah. Um, even the NHS is like six weeks, pretty yeah. standard. This is, I, I would never, I can't criticise the job because they 
were doing what I needed. I'm sure if I'd really gone in banging the door and said, like, I oh, know I need more, I need long term. And I still think I probably could, to be brutally honest. But um, like the thing is, it, it, especially the second bit, it did help. So yeah. it was that was good. And then probably about a year, like so I had a break. That would have the second period was February to whenever. Had a break again. And then I remember it was coming up to the first anniversary and I had like a bit of a dip. Can't remember the ins and outs of why. I think, you know, at that point, I was well away from like, my, my ex-partner. She had, she had moved back to kind of where she came from. That sounds rude. Um, I, you know, I was in London. Um, we, you know, we were properly separated. And I think then I was starting to have like depression. Well, I started suffering from depression to do with like the breakdown of my marriage. Yeah, yeah, understandably so. Yeah, you've so you've, had a, you've, a, a created, you've just given yourself another trauma. Like that's one yeah. of the most traumatic experiences, anyway. Oh, it's just it's it's the weirdest thing as well. Like I remember, and it's all this conflicting thing that was going, all this conflict that was going on in my head. Like I remember, one of the saddest moments still in my life was when we we'd sold the house that we lived in, sold our marital home, and we were moving out. We were we were packing everything up. I couldn't stop crying. I was so upset. Like I was so heartbroken. But yeah, I was still doing it. And it's like, I don't, even then, like I should have been thinking like something is so wrong here that I'm willing to move out of, or, you know, willing to sell this house, willing to move out, willing to break up my marriage. But yeah, I'm distraught. Like it was horrific. It was, oh, it upsets me to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just kind of, like I said, that was in February. So that would have been around the time I started with a good counsellor, so yeah. What's your understanding of it now? How have you put it together? Like in hindsight, it's difficult because my my ex partner, she's she's a mum's my child, so we we have to obviously have um, a relationship in that sense. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of respect for her. I think she's how she kept everything together when I was the way I was, like is unbelievable um i i know i know where i was and i know what i was doing and i know that the, the leon before june the third wouldn't yeah. have made those decisions yeah. and yet for me afterwards was willing to and i can't excuse it because i'd done it but at the same time it's like it, it wasn't me yeah. It sounds so stupid, and, and like we've oh, we've had this discussion back and forth no, so many times. Uh, yeah, you couldn't. And she she doesn't agree. She she's very like, look, you made those choices. You made your bed. Not so you have to lie in it. Like she's she's. I'm not having a pop at her at all. No, no, but, okay. But um, yeah, like I, 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 I know that wasn't me. I know a sensible, sane, normal me wouldn't have made those decisions. Or like I say, the way I look at it, yeah, pre pre June the third. I wouldn't have made the same decisions I did after that. Um, I kind of see it as like you were unwell. And uh, yeah. as much as you probably didn't realise it, it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I can say I'm not well. You know, yeah, yeah. There's points when I'm not well and there's points when I'm much better. <clears throat> yeah, and, um, and like for me, I'd be like, at that point, I was unwell. You mm. know, like most people wouldn't accept that yeah uh, so now you had a choice and all those things but you're like but i uh, i was unwell because of this awful traumatic event mm. and 
it fucked my head up and I couldn't make sense of the world around me. Mm. And I was doing the best I could at the time. And all right, yeah. you might have done some things that, you know, you're looking back, you would never have done. Mm. But uh, your brain wasn't functioning as it should. No, absolutely. Like, that, I think, if I'm being honest, that's how I have to tell it to myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't get through the day like I, I wouldn't. And I, and I, I do, I do genuinely believe that. Like I do. It's true though. I know, I know where I was. I know how I felt. I know how it's difficult for other people to necessarily get that. But everyone's, everyone's experience, everyone's life, everyone's, you know, different. Everyone's unique. And yeah. I'm not. I, I, if someone doesn't understand it or doesn't want to believe it, they don't have to. But I know where I was. I know, I know what I was thinking. And, um, yeah, it's like, like I say, there was this weird thing in my head where everything always felt like a conflict. Everything did. Everything I was doing, there was a conflict there. Even, even probably going to, well, apart from probably going to work, but, you know, even if I saw a mate, there was some sort of just how much I'm saying, what I'm doing is just all the time it was, look, I know, I, I knew, I know, looking back, I know I wasn't well because, you know, a year or so later when I started to actually really get better and that was when I had therapy and that really made a difference um and and then I could like I say I could look back like I can now and be like fuck what was going on what was I doing and it's shit I, I, I wish I'd done more sooner because because there were some bad lows you know there were some really bad lows and all right I still have them now but compared to yeah like three years ago yeah, man, there were some real, real low times. I often have, um, I come back to this all the time. It was really weird. My wife uh, forwarded me this something on Facebook today about um, forgiving yourself mm. um, or just generally forgiveness. As though you, it's not like you're not forgiving someone who's done something terrible to you, you're forgiving yourself. Um, and saying you don't have to feel bad about it. Mm. Um, and I, I seem to come back to that. For me, personally, I come back to that all the time. It's like I'm angry with my dad. Um, and really, I need to forgive myself for, like, say, forgive him and say it's all all right yeah. for me to feel better. Yeah. And it's a really tough one. But uh, like that, it, acceptance and forgiveness... Um, like for me, it's been a really, real big, big fucking one that's been the hardest thing I've ever yeah. done, but the most uh, impactful, rewarding thing. I bet. It's, I don't know, like I say, I, I think in the back of my head, I know that's right. And I know, and I, like I say, I, if I didn't honestly believe that, then I don't think I'd be able to even get by every day because it would just eat me alive. But it's it's difficult because, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not having a pop. But I know sometimes when my ex is, well, when I you know when I don't see my little boy every day, and I think that kills me. I speak thank you know thank God for FaceTime and things like that. But like every time, every time I have to FaceTime, every time I wake up and he's not there, it's a reminder. Yeah. And it's hard, man. It is. It's hard, and yeah, you know, a little a little boy needs his dad as well, so. It takes time, though. It takes time, but those things do kind of square off. 
They do oh, yeah. after a while. <laughs> and what you and what you also have to think about is um how what are you're doing things to wreck to make things better. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So for example, yeah. make an effort with your kid, but you also do things like this. You know, like you're doing positive things in the world. Um and I think, you know, off the back of that recognition of the mental health grief that you you are going through. Like mm. you know, like I think you turn it into something more positive and it starts to outweigh the negative. That's massively what I've tried to do. Like especially over the last year or so or last, you know, yeah, twelve twelve months or so. And it I like kind of going I'm a bit jumping all over the place with this story, it's all over the place. But um like the one thing even in the immediate aftermath, the one thing I started to pick up on is I'd be talking to colleagues or even friends or whoever, just in general, and like everyone would everyone wanted to know what had gone on. And I had no issue talking about it. I still don't have any issue talking about it, like in that in that close circle. Yeah. Um and honestly, so many times the conversation would end with them saying oh, I've had this thing happen. It's nothing like what you've been through, but I've had this. And we would just end up talking about stuff. And I like started to click in my head of, like, man, so many people are going through their own shit time. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking crazy, honestly, man. It was crazy how many people would just be like, oh, I've got this guy. And, it was, and the funny thing is, they'd always be like, oh, it's nothing like what you've been through. It's like... It's all relative. It's, it's magnitude, yeah, all right, it probably isn't, but if it's affecting you, then it's every bit as big as what I've been through, if not bigger, like, it doesn't matter. I know, the impact, is, right, the impact is still kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's really funny, isn't it, when you kind of stick your head out there and go, I've had a mental health problem, everyone goes... Do the meerkat thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone goes, oh, uh, Leon, I've had a mental problem as well and you're like yeah. well tell me about it yeah you know like because they know that you won't judge them yeah but it's really like, that's how the world should be it's really uh, therapeutic uh, i find when that happens as well like having that conversation with somebody and i've had that so many times now from colleagues that were at london bridge colleagues who have been dealing with other stuff i've had that conversation so many times where it's just been like a i'll be talking they'll be talking they'll say something and i'll be like they'll just say for example, they've had that experience. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I, had, I suffer with that a bit. Like, yeah, I struggle with that. Or, you know, the same way I'll be like, oh, I struggle with X, Y, Z. And they'll be like, oh, right, yeah, I, I had that as well. And you, one, it makes you feel like, oh, fucking hell, I'm not alone. Like, yeah. even <laughs> people get that as well. Like, it, I don't know, because I, I do think, like, mental health is quite a selfish thing. Like, I I know my mood, when I, when I get, especially with, it's sleep is the thing for me now. If I don't get enough sleep, I can fucking go right down really quickly you struggle to sleep <sighs> sometimes not not often but sometimes you, you you're on shifts yeah so actually in I a weird know. way yeah like I, I'm, I do all right and I used to I used to do I used to be great I could sleep hard. I could probably get a few hours sleep and I'd be fine now I'm not I'm a nightmare if I don't if I don't get enough sleep if I don't get like at least at least six hours sleep at some point, I'm going to feel crap and be in a mood. And, uh, look, it's selfish in a sense of you can take that out on people. And it's not about always being, you know, really horrible. But it's just like, it's just, just that cutting comment even. Just because you're, just because I'm in a crap mood. Just because I'm, and I like, 
I get that easier than I ever used to. Like I've never been that kind of person to be short with people or. Leon, yeah. the other thing is though is that like you are getting your like years are passing. So sometimes it's just the fact that you're just getting a bit older and a little bit. <laughs> it's like, true. It might not be. You know, like, yeah. it, it's probably not just that you've been through a traumatic experience. You might be a bit older and a bit like, I need more sleep. Leave me yeah, true. No, you're, very, you're very true. You're very right there, man, actually. Well, thanks. Cheers, you man. tend to, like, read... You, like, I, I totally get it, because you kind of... No. Like, you're you're right. It's, it's like, the how far I can... I think it's more, like, one night not getting sleep, I'll be grumpy. But it's when... It's when it goes further down, and it's like... Just, it's the emotions start to go in my head off that and it's it's where I go off not enough sleep rather than me being grumpy because I've well, not really kind of internally yeah 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 yeah. yeah it's exactly yeah. I'll, I'll just get back and those things start to just bug you and I can normally like I say I, I can have a little power nap and then I'll be alright again but depending on what I'm doing with work or what's going on then it can all go a bit it can go a bit skewed it's really strange because I've always um, like been obsessed with sleep. Like when yeah. I uh, when I was very young, up until I was like twenty five, I never used to get to sleep till about four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, like even as a real little kid, and my parents would be fucking going mad at me, go to sleep, and I could never sleep. Yeah. Um, and it was only when I had children I started to be able to sleep. Like for years, I drugs and alcohol and anything to get me to sleep. Now I can sleep anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and like, if I haven't had nine to ten hours, like, I'm a bit of a wanker. <laughs> nine to ten hours, man. That's. I get obsessed with sleep. sleep. Sleep's an obsessive thing with me. And, like, um, and then if I'm ill, if I'm not like mentally well, uh, I, yeah. I will sleep like 20 hours couple of nights i think that's the thing i want to like when i when i do get in that little bit of a low i want to sleep more and i'll get nine or ten hours in a night yeah. but then i'll wake up and it's and it's again it's things that were happening at the time going back three years ago it's things are happening then where i'd get loads of sleep wake up and you're just it is that like you're glued to the bed like you just don't want to get out of bed you could easily <laughs> roll over again and there was times three years ago when obviously I'd have to get up because I've got my little boy and, you know, and I'd want to. And I'd have to get up for work and stuff like that. And it's the same now. Like, there's times where, for a late turn, say, I don't have to be up till... I have to leave the house till gone 12. So I'll set an alarm for nine, which isn't early. But yeah, I'll wake up at nine and be shattered, snooze for an hour, still shattered. And it's like, it's the quality of sleep, isn't it, really? Rather than... Um, I'll tell you what, though. What? You're what was, uh, when I saw, like, it was probably like maybe two or a bit years ago when I, like, my doctor finally took me seriously and referred me to a psychiatrist. That's when I had psychotherapy. And, mm. like, my interview with the psychiatrist was, um, it was stuff like, do you feel tired all the time? Mm. You know, like, do you want to sleep all the time? Do I've done so many of those questionnaires, you wouldn't believe yeah. <laughs> physically exhausted and I'm like I felt physically exhausted my whole fucking life and I, I really have I really have and it, I don't so much now because I'm much better but mm. it's amazing how many things I just thought was just me Completely, right? symptoms of a mental yeah. health problem but 
but that's what I mean. That's why I picked up on it because I used to be able to sleep off, like no, I used to be fine off no sleep, and then within a month or not even that, like I say, I'd get a good night's sleep. I'd get solid eight hours or whatever, and wake up and just be knackered. And again, that was still more at a time when I didn't know what was going on, and I just I couldn't. That's that's like I say that that sort of coincided with when I wasn't really eating. I just couldn't come in. I couldn't get it. And then I sort of thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm not eating enough. So I'm just tired because I've not got the energy from food. But it's, which it probably was a little bit, but it, yeah, it, <laughs> hindsight, hindsight. Now I know, oh yeah, that was a bit of a, I really like the fact that you talked about that because I do that. Um, and I have, I used to do it really badly uh, without really knowing it was that when I was really unwell, Mm. really eat yeah and um uh and i used to drink a lot and that made me really ill and um mm. and and it was like that self-destruction like i don't deserve food like none of that was going on in my head yeah but I, like on a subconscious level somewhere it was like no i'm gonna break you down I'm gonna, yeah. like, you, you haven't got the balls to kill yourself so we'll starve you to death yeah yeah you know did you ever have any like binges either? Because there was times where it didn't happen that often, but I wouldn't I wouldn't eat, and then I'd just have like a mad binge on just shit, and it was like, oh, it was weird. Yeah, that, that again, that didn't happen very often, but I'd yeah, there'd be a day let's say where I'd, I wouldn't have eaten at work, so I'd get home late and just like stuff in face of crisps and biscuits and just crap, which yeah, doesn't end up either. That's self-destructive as well, isn't it? So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so like your body's going, feed me. And you're going, oh, I'll fucking feed you, but I'm not going to feed you anything decent. You can't, you're yeah. right. I'm going to feed you something of shit. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah, that and takeaways occasionally as well. Like, I just have these weird, like, barley chicken nuggets, like, which is great still. Like, I'm not knocking chicken nuggets, they're wonderful, but yeah, it was. It's like I say, it's weird. It's weird to think back because you just everything that was going on at the time, with the benefit of hindsight, it's like, oh, why? Why did I do that? Why didn't I get help? Why didn't I realise something was wrong? And I just, I just didn't. And like I say, it probably was just in part where I started having those conversations with people at work, and they're saying, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, I've had that sort of experience. Rah, rah, rah. I had one friend who I remember. Yeah, he he must have noticed something in me because he started talking about like antidepressants and stuff and medication. Um, but even then, I just thought, no, I don't. It's not me. Like, I don't need it. That's not what's wrong with me. And it's did you, have, I don't did you, Sorry? Did you have meds in the end? Okay. No, I've never. I've never. So yeah. no, like I'm, I'll be brutally honest. I'm thinking because because I had a big dip, like say a couple of well, last week. The last week or so, and it's the first time I've started thinking like maybe, maybe I should go to the GP and see see what's there. Because I don't know, like I I had that. If I'm being really honest, I I always had that mentality. Of, I don't want to take stuff. I want to I want to try therapy. I want to try counselling. And my therapy was really good because when that ended, it sounds cliche, but she gave me the tools to kind of continue it anyway. So it's without yeah. having to go there and talk about things, it's like I can think about that I can, I can almost pick apart that ruminating thought in my head anyway um so that was really helpful but there's only been there's been two occasions where i've had massive almost triggers and and like yeah stuff in the last three years one was when 
there was another knife attack upon London Bridge. Mm. And that was, thankfully, I wasn't working that day. Weirdly, I was meant to be as well. But thankfully, I wasn't at work. Um, and that really hit me, like, for, like just from nowhere. Because you can't, you, you know, you never expect that thing to happen again. So that really, really messed me up for a while. But again, after a week or so, I got back, got back to normal, really. Um, and then, like I say, those, the last week is the first time there's not been a trigger. It's just been, I've been exhausted. Obviously, there's been, we're in lockdown, so that's been its own thing anyway. Um, not seeing your friends and family as much and my little boy as much. It just all suddenly just fucking got me in such a shit place. It's funny. Um, I've, I've yeah. spoken to a lot of people about, um, like, a lot of people are struggling in lockdown. Yeah, uh, yeah. My kind of main bit of advice is that it's okay to struggle a bit. Definitely. Like, it's fucked up. It's weird. It's like... That's why I don't immediately go to the red alert thing, because you're thinking, oh, no, it's all right to be a bit shit at the moment. <laughs> like, everyone, a lot of people feel shit. No, but it's like, uh, I think I, I, more along the lines of, you know, you can let yourself off. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, I feel a bit, I, I feel shit, and it's like, you don't. It doesn't mean you're unwell necessarily. Mm. It it might just mean that the circumstances are shit, so you feel a bit shit, and that's and that's okay to feel shit sometimes. Mm. Like that. Um, I think for the most part, definitely. Yeah, it's like not to kind of like belittle, but you know, no. it's like no, yeah, you, you can feel shit sometimes. You are allowed to feel shit sometimes. Sometimes you have <laughs> shit happens like in your life and yeah. make, makes you feel shit um there was something though have you seen the second series of afterlife oh i'm sure i have what's afterlife the ricky gervais thing oh yeah yeah i've been watching the first series i'm really disappointed series of that there's something that happens in the second to last episode or is it a lot no it's the last episode i think where i don't know if i want to spoil it for you <laughs> No, I've watched it. I've watched it. I've watched it the third series, so I've seen the second series. Oh, right. So on the second series, yeah, when he, um, it's the last episode, he's obviously when his dad's died, he's sitting there with his pills and he's going to take an overdose. And, mate, that was such a fucking trigger. I swear to God, oh, I was fucked. I've, and I've not had anything like that. Something that's fictional yeah. has not got to me like that. That, Oh man, that affected me, and that kind of coinciding with everything that's been going on. Like I say, that on top of lockdown, stress at work anyway, and just rest days cancelled. It just all fucking boiled up into this ball of shit, and that was as like I say, like there was a few days last week. That's as bad as I've been in in years. It was that. It was that bad. Do you um, try and? I know this sounds a bit, um, a bit weird, but um, try and think about what you're saying to yourself. Because sometimes uh, in those instances, you're saying bad thing. You're like you're kind of saying bad shit to yourself. Yeah. You always kind of realise it, um, <clears throat> and then I'm. Uh, it's like self-talk shit. CBT mm. talk, but yeah, you're no, saying these things to yourself without even realising it. 
Like, and you're yeah. backing up. You know, like those horrible things because your brain's going. Yeah, yeah, like you, you sound like my old, my old therapist. <laughs> yeah, your brain. Yeah, completely, you're right. Yeah. Chin, and you, and then, uh, then you kind of have to step back from it and go, mm. oh God, my brain's just telling me loads of shit. Like, it's, I don't need to hear it. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Mm. Like, it's just a load of shit that I can step away from. Yeah. Um. I say it like it's really easy. Mate, I, I, I've got that. I've got it written down on my, like, my notes um, that my therapist, like, gave me when we, when we said our goodbyes. I, I know I've got, I know that was one of the things that was on there. And it's like you say with that ruminating thought. I remember one thing she told me was about, like, if you've got something that's in your head, like, there's an issue, and it's like, you know, just, can, can you do anything about it now? No. And she's like, right, so just leave it. Okay, well, no, can you do anything about it now? No, yes or no. If not, can you can you set a time scale for when you can do something about it? Yes or no. And it's like, well, if you can't, then leave it. Just stop beating yourself up. And if you can, then do that thing that stops you beating yourself up. And it's a bit like you say, it's um <laughs> I've got it written down and stuff. I've got I've got so many notes issue written down, which I probably to be brutally honest, I should remind myself of more. I should go back and look at it, because that's that was the whole thing, you know. We, we left it with, you know, you go back and you look at it, not not when you're suddenly feeling shit. Yeah. Look at it, remind yourself every few months, because then it is easier when you start to go down a bit, just to go, hold on a minute, like, stop, stop. Which, yeah, when you when you just say it to somebody, it sounds easier said than done. And when you're in that dark place, it's not easy to say to yourself. Now, I always see my mental health as, um, uh, I see I, I see it, in terms of, um, like, um, it's an addiction, like, mate, you're you literally are stealing what I was gonna say. You're right. Yeah. So it's like, uh, um, you kind of want to go there. Like, there's every bit of you wants to go there. Yeah. Um, but you know you can't go there because you're addicted. So you yeah. don't. So for me. My, I work on my mental health every day. Like I'm constantly working on it. Mm. Um, and then what happens is I don't dip so bad. Like I do dip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't crash and burn. So I'm always working on it. Like yeah. it's, it's always like, you know, like a, a bad... You should be. That's the, you're, you're doing it the right way. <laughs> I'm yeah, not. Bad thought comes in your head and I'm like, no. That's, and then the therapy comes in and I'm like, oh, yeah. and I argue with myself and I'm like, can I do anything about it? No. Yeah. And the, I, the guy, Peter, my therapist, um, who I've been seeing for two years, and um, mm. he, he will just give me one-liners, like, you can only um, control what you think and what you do. You can't control anything else. Uh, so, in principle, you can control how you respond. So yeah. you can control, like, if a bad thought comes into your head, you yeah. can decide whether you're going to listen to it or not. And then I'm like, ah, oh, that's fucking, well, that's a bit fucking clip. And you <laughs> do that. And oh, it's true, yeah. And then, uh, then a year down the line, and I'm talking a year down the line, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. I do it yeah. all the time. I'm like, um, you know, like, well, the uh, lockdown happened, my nan got ill, and I'm like, she's going to fucking die. And I'm like, I can't actually, she does, she does. 
Mm. If she doesn't, great, but I can't yeah. do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. So I can put that to one side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely get that. And I can't worry about it. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's taken, like, this has been my, uh, this is my, like me, I, see, I talk about this and it's like, this is me, like, I've been ill since I was a kid. So now, yeah. it's only been the past couple of years when I'm, when I, I, I don't even think, would describe myself as being mental anymore. <laughs> you know, never describe yourself as being mental. It's just, you know. <laughs> it takes a long time, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it is all quite, but it is quite achievable, I think. Um, and it is, it's just those little nuggets. You know, like you were saying, like you, you have something written down, and it's those little nuggets, and you go, ah. And like sometimes you're like, it makes no sense. Then one day you're like, fucking hell. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the thing is, one of the things that I remember, well, again, it's all coming back to me now with sitting there talking about it rather than when I actually go and look at it. But you've got to treat your mental health like you do your physical health. Yeah, you If you don't do exercise, you're going to get fat. You know, if you don't, if you eat crap, don't do exercise, you're going to put on weight. And uh, there's definitely a lot of truth in the fact that if you, certainly if you've suffered from any sort of mental health issue, if you do those little exercises, do those things and remind, like I say, and I, I'm sitting there, I don't do it enough. I can completely admit that. Um, and again, the last week maybe is to kick up the backside I needed, but you you need to kind of look after that and you need to do the exercises and then you'll yeah. keep it healthy. And, and yeah, make them. the thing is, so like, Leo, I'm sitting there saying it now, it's so easy and I haven't been doing it. <laughs> you've done the art bit. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Bit, and now, now, really, you're in maintenance stage. True. So now you just need to maintain. So you, yeah. did, like, you did the marathon, didn't you? I did. So um, <laughs> I had it in my head that I wanted to, all that crap that had happened, I was like, right, I need to have something good come out of it. So I knew I wanted to run the marathon. It's always been like on my bucket list. Yeah. And, um, I'd started getting back into, like, and when I say I got back into running, I'm talking about, like, I was running up to five, six miles max. Um, and I sort of thought, right, I want to do, I want to do, like, exercise is good, as we should always say, exercise is good for your mental health as well. But, yeah. um, so I got back into running, and I started thinking, right, I want to try and black a spot in the marathon. So this was after I'd um, got the medal off the Queen. So I just emailed the marathon, and I was like, the marathon, London Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I just emailed him and I was like, look, um... Marathon, can I run you? Yeah. Hi, London. Can I run through you, please? Um, so, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to, again, I knew I wanted to run for, like, a mental health charity and there were loads of, loads of organisations I contacted when I was in a dark place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, blagged up a spot and then ran for, uh, like, a PTSD 999, which is, like, a, a blue light service. It's really strange, um, like, um, I, I kind of know a bit about PTSD and, mm. um, and I don't think it's given the clout it deserves mm. uh, because it is, like, it's one of the biggies. It's like, you know, like, um, you know, well, I've got clinical depression. Yeah. Um, but I don't think... Um, PTSD is taken nearly seriously enough uh, because I, I know other people who have PTSD mm. and I know it um, they like, 
it significantly impacts on them. I think the problem is people still generally only associate it with armed forces and that sort of stuff. Um, it's getting, like, I mean, I, I probably would have up until a few years ago, um, wouldn't have necessarily associated it with a traumatic event. I would have just thought army and war and not really gone beyond that. And, uh, that trauma could yeah. be anything, though. Exactly. Trauma, no, that's trauma exactly. could be like you shit your pants. You know, <laughs> like, it could be fucking anything. It really can. I went to um, like a presentation that PTSD 999 were doing. And one of the examples that they were, and they were talking about that, you know, it can, it can be anything. Because it could be just that, the way, especially the way I look at it in terms of as a police officer or, you know, paramedic or anything, a firefighter, any, anyone, is you have that little, you've got that armour on and any horrible traumatic event that you deal with just chips away a little bit. And I remember having this conversation with um, Guy Dave, um, who's a police officer, and he was saying about it, it is, it, it chips away at you. And then it might not be anything that happens at work that takes away that last chink. It could be your dog dying. It could be, which, you know, to a lot of people is really stressful. I haven't got a dog, so I'd be confused if my dog died. But it, it could be, it really could be that anything, that almost something that seems insignificant that then just tips you over the edge and, and suddenly you, you, you're just having a, a nightmare. Yeah, certainly, in this whole world of shit that you don't yeah. understand. Yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, and people don't understand. People just don't get it in the same way. Yeah, it's fucking messed up, isn't it? It's like <laughs> your brain. Your brain's a nightmare. Like that's the one thing I'm always like. My brain's a fucking nightmare. And my my, my recent thing of trying to be zen with my brain is that um, is that. My brain is only trying to protect me. You know, like all of yeah, the negative stuff, my brain's only trying to protect me. Yeah. And rather than go, oh, brain, you're a wanker, I'm not going to do it. And you know, like, <laughs> and, and that's when you become self destructive because you're yeah, like, yeah, completely. no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm not having it, I'm not having it. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to fucking kill myself slowly. And that's you trying to fight your brain. So now I just go, mm. now I'm like really gentle with my brain. I'm like, it's all right. It's all right, mate. You know, like, no, no, I appreciate that. Um, it's a, that's a mindfulness thing. That, uh, it is. It, like some of these things are all so frustrating, but there is so much truth in it. Like, there is, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I hate all those kind of glib expressions, but. You know, and now I'm so like, much of it, but you're right. It, it's it is right. It's true, and you, yeah, it's a pain that you've got to kind of go. Fuck, it is right. <laughs> no, and it's a, and it's a fucking pain that you have to do it. You yeah. do you know what I mean? You're like, why? Yeah. Why me? I'm, and then then that feeds into you're like, oh, I'm so shit. I don't deserve it because you're like, you know what? It's true. Yeah. Why do I have to do it? And that, but then it's like that acceptance that I just have to. I just have to do that shit, otherwise I'm really shit, and I'm a bad dad, and I'm a bad husband, and I'm bad at everything. Yeah. I just have to do it. No, you're right. I, 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 like I say, I think, if nothing else, this last week or so has got to be a kick out of the backside, because just because it is like, it's exactly like you just say, it is that, it, it kind of is that simple. Um, when you're in that shitty hole, like we say, it isn't, but when, if you're doing it and keeping on top of it and doing what you've got to do, 
than it is. And it's like, it's weird, it's little things. Like I do try to, there are things I still do right. Like I don't, I don't drink a lot anymore because especially when I was really low, like seeing how much worse that made me. And then yeah. I think it wasn't long after the marathon because I've been training and that for it. And that was my goal. Like I'd stopped drinking. And then the first couple of times I went afterwards, the fact I'd lost this target that I was training for, and then I'd go for a drink, like, and I would be, oh, mate, it, got, it just got me so down. It was, I was so, like, I just would be on a nice night out, I'd come home and I'd just end up crying. And it's all, it was partly alcohol, partly because I hadn't readjusted now to the fact that I didn't have this goal that I was training for and that thing that I was, you know, striving towards. And, uh, yeah, I, I, stopped for, I stopped drinking for about a year and don't really, don't really drink much now. I mean, I drink, I I'm drinking now, but um, <laughs> I've got water. I, I used to. <laughs> you're winning. I, I I do remember the days when, um, like, I'd be out on the booth with the mates, and then I'd just be uncontrollably crying, and then yeah. I'd be crying. I'm like, because well, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to tell you. It was weird. It was so strange. Like just coming home and being like, oh man, I'm, I feel like crap. And uh, I just realised, yeah, it's better to just not drink for a while. Like, I can drink now. I, I could, I could, I, I know when it's all right to, and I know when it's not. Yeah. And I've got a balance on that, and I'm not a massive drinker anyway, so it doesn't matter. Absolutely. But uh, like the example is like, like my Christmas, my work Christmas do. I um, I tend to get quite shitty around Christmas because my wedding anniversary was in December, so I always just get a bit like, Ugh. and I think I'd had a, again. It was one of those days where I hadn't slept much. Work Christmas party, I was like, I'm just not going to drink because it's just going to. I'll drink, I'm tired, I'll go home and I'll feel shit. And um, why do it to yourself? Like, I just, it's better not to. Easier, safer, not to. It's very difficult at times like Christmas and birthdays, it just brings up everything because like, it's a moment to, like, you reflect. And you yeah, know, yeah. And like, yeah, they're, they're killers, they really are. It's taken me a long time. And I'm still struggling with Christmas and birthdays. Like, I've got a lot better. Like, yeah. Many, many years, I just used to drink fucking loads at Christmas. Like, really, and just ruined myself. <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. But it is hard. I think, um, have you, you know, like, when you're feeling like you're struggling? Mm. Just a little thing that I do. Um, is I watch shit on YouTube, you know, like, uh, like not, not shit like cats and, but like I watch. That's a really good cats and pianos. No, I watch things like, uh, um, like inspirational TED talks and things. Like okay. most TED talks are pretty inspirational. Yeah. Like I I'll watch like a um, a TED talk about someone who's been through something hard, like mm. and and that helps me put things into perspective but I also watch um you know like really cheesy shit like um who is it Chris Robbins who does um the big kind of uh you know um he does massive things about you can achieve you can do well and yeah. I, and this other one and this I really recommend this guy Eckhart Tolle um I know the name yeah he wrote a book about um Pretty much, you separating yourself from your your feelings 
and right. observing your feelings. And I watch his stuff all the time because he's like this little kind of like little. It's I don't know. I think he's Germany. It's like a Buddha, and uh, and he just goes. He's a guru. Yeah, and it's just like you know, like it's fine. You feel like that. You yeah. it and you let it go. And like you know, like so when I'm really struggling, I need backup. So mm. I watch things like that just to back up, and then they'll say things, and I'll go, "Oh, I know that," mm. and then like, "All oh, right, I've forgotten to do that." Yeah, yeah. And like, if you've been through like quite a bit of therapy, like you have, sometimes you just need like reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might be talking to someone who like knows about it. <clears throat> yeah. Or or just like just just get stuck in like half an hour on YouTube before you go out just to remind you of all the things that you've forgotten to do. Yeah. But that really works for me. I do I do that all the time. I've heard of that Eckhart Tolly. Definitely heard of him. The other fella, I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I had. <laughs> no, oh no, I think it's Chris Robbins. He's the uh, he, he's really, really fascinating actually. Um but just to um you know like just you tap into things that are gonna make you feel a bit better. Mm. Like uh, like I'm a sucker for like depressing music. Mate, like, same. Like, same. Eh? same. Yeah, I mean I love it. I was listening to spiritualized the other day and I'm like, I shouldn't be listening to this now. <laughs> He's talking about being an addict. I'm associating yeah. all of my thoughts with addiction. Yeah, that's making me feel bad. I'm gonna to listen to Radio Four. And then, <laughs> with me out. Yeah. And then I was like, got home and I was like, oh, I'll just have a little YouTube with, um, you know, it, like I just got put in like inspirational speakers, and I watch something, and then then I feel it just takes me back to where I need to be. Yeah, 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 definitely. Takes me back into that way of thinking, a little yeah. self-destructive, a little bit more. Oh yeah, I forgot about. Yeah, I just, I, I just need to do it and keep on top of it again because, like, say, it, it's not out of the ordinary, especially after like an early turn at work. I'll get home, I'll be tired, I'll feel. And this, this isn't going down like the proper down the rabbit hole of shit, but I will. I feel a bit sad. I might put on something really depressing. I might even have a little cry. And then I kind of get over it. That's how it normally yeah. works. It normally works all right. Like I can get upset for a minute and then I can be all right again. But I still think there's got to be some method before that where I try to go, you're going that way a little bit. Just don't put the depressing music on. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> The I like the depressing music. I don't like any other music. I, I listen to anything and everything, really. Like genuinely, I listen to heavy metal. I listen to pop, and I think I even said this the last time I was on with Shu and Chris because I said something about listening to Lamar. Like fucking Lamar. Like that, that's. I'm going to Lamar. The guy that used to be on Fame Academy years yeah, ago. I, I remember not. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 a nightmare for just, and I know the songs that will get me, and so I'll deliberately put them on times. Oh yeah, because you kind of want it, don't you? That's a little bit. Like, see, sometimes I think it's a good thing. Sometimes I think there's all right to have a little cry, and I like that. That generally is 
all right. But there's other times where I just go too far. And it is that, it is that self-destructive thing again, where I'll just go too far and I'll be like, no, I want to just go, I'm going to keep listening to this crap. And you just, you're not, I'm not helping myself. And it's so easy to just go, just put X Club 7 on, but I don't. That's the thing, I, like, I kind of curtail it when it goes self-destructive. Like, I start mm. feeling it. And I, I'm always on the edge of self-destruction, always. And then I yeah, start yeah. feeling it. And I know when it's going, and then I pull back. Um, yeah. But I tell you what I do like, is what you said, that like, if you want to cry, cry. Yeah, yeah. Fucking cry. Like, I, I, can't, I haven't cried for years. Like, I'm on so many fucking meds. Oh, I can right. cry if I wanted to. <laughs> and like, sometimes I desperately want to. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lovely feeling. And it's like, men aren't allowed to do it. But when you do it, like, ah. Oh, the release. Better, don't you? It sounds weird. The release I had with all this pent up, clearly, and it was when there was a lot going on, and I was really pent up. And just from when my, my skipper pulled me in and said, like, are you all right? Fuck me, like that release, that yeah. relief in itself made like just having a cry and a chat, that in itself made me feel a lot better. I wasn't, I still wasn't fine, but that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Like, so that's what I mean. There's definitely, there's definitely room for a good little sob now and again. Just, I, I probably have a tendency to go too far down the, the depressing hole. But yeah, like I say, that, that's why I'm really open about talking about stuff because I, I know especially back in the day, there's so much I got wrong. There's so much I still get wrong now. So I'd rather be honest about it because that might help somebody go, I'm doing that or I'm going that way. Like, and have that little click that I didn't have and sometimes don't have now still. Totally agree. It's exactly why I'm in. It's exactly yeah. why I'm doing this. Yeah. Exactly why. And I, I don't tend to think of it in terms of doing things wrong. Uh, mm. because that's your journey, you know, but, um, that's but what my I therapist think, well, like, there, there's things, hey? That's what my therapist said as well, yeah, I remember, no, you, when you I would describe it. it as the things I'd done wrong, and she's like, no, you didn't do it wrong, it's just, hey, you know, yeah, it's just what it is. You get there your own way. Yeah, yeah, completely. But essentially, like, you think, I just think it's really good if people can hear other human beings um, talking about it, then they'll mm. go, I'm not a fucking weirdo. Like, like, you know, like the world, I'm not, I don't need to die. I don't yeah. need to die because they do it as well. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. Do you get a lot of messages from people kind of giving you their stories now, I guess, from listening yeah. to the podcast? Yeah. Um, that, was, that was one thing after the chat I done with Pip. I, God, man, it, I proper was overwhelmed. I had so many messages from people who were like, I've had this thing going on and now I'm going to get help and all this, man. That was like, that just that, I mean, that made everything worthwhile. Like, all that's of, what I mean. It really does. You turn it around. Yeah. Like, all of that pain and that hardship you went through and mm. all the things and the fallout of it is it's suddenly been channeled into something worthwhile. Mm. And it almost, maybe not quite, but almost starts to make it to yeah. make it good and that's yeah, really my feeling now i feel that quite strongly yeah definitely it can't it can't be i can't go back and undo it all so go forward and and yeah make some good come of it that's what i try to do i don't get it right all the time but yeah i hope to still do 
more for PTSD 999 and other mental health organisations as well. So hopefully, hopefully I can continue that little glimmer of good. <laughs> well, we're going to have to wrap it up. Bedtime. We've gone over, well over, but um, I think what I want to say is that it's been a real privilege to talk to you, and I also want to say um, is, like, you can talk to me. Hmm. Like, if you need to talk to anyone, and you need to talk to someone who is not going to fucking judge, and you just want to fucking offload. Yeah. Like... I'll text you my number. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, consider me a. Uh, I do talk. I do talk to one people. Of the gang. And I've got my. I've got like a little WhatsApp group um, with four lads from three. Three other lads from my intake, and I've got a. Te- I'll, I'll name drop them because otherwise they'll sulk. But it's uh, Dave Chivers, Jim West, and Chris Hamilton. Like I um, I'll always talk to them. I'll always. I'll always have that little vent. But it just doesn't. It doesn't always. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Like I say I don't always get it right, and whether it's not that I'm not always saying the same, the right things to make people realise when I'm going a bit downhill. But yeah, like because you, <laughs> you know what to say, and you know what I got to do. Um, yeah, definitely. It's funny because I often think like uh, again the addiction thing. Like I think people with mental health problems need a sponsor. You know, mm. someone will go. Uh, someone will just say, no, you're being fucking stupid now. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, you're not doing what you should be doing. And yeah. now you, now look, you're in a mess. <laughs> and, and then they'll go, but it's fine, you're in a mess. Like, I'll help you out. You know, I'll help you out of the mess. But um, I always think, like, quite often I talk to people and uh, and I think, you just need someone to just go, oh, stop being a fucking idiot now. It's all right. Like, yeah. you're doing what I used to do. Uh, we'll be fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> one other thing that I've got to say because you said yeah, no, that thing. this is definitely the last thing, and it is something that almost ties in with that. You know, keeping well, doing your exercises for your mental health. My um, my mum was an alcoholic. I still remember, like when I was a kid, she said about how being an alcoholic, it's you're never not an alcoholic anymore. You're always a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And that is what I think of my mental health. And it's so true when you talk about the addiction and stuff as well. I massively think that about my mental health. It, you're always you're always recovering. So I'm never I don't think I, I, I don't think I'll ever just go, I'm perfectly fine again now. And I think that would be dangerous to go, I don't ever need to worry about that ever again. Yeah, I think and again I'm saying it, but yeah, I don't do enough. But it's really true, like you're never you're never not mental now. You're just you're just, you're just yeah. a recovering mental. <laughs> yeah, I always say you're in the mental game, and yeah. uh, you know, and you've always got to be working on it. And like, yeah. I liked it when I said about the addiction thing, and it clicked because, yeah. um, like, it really sticks for me. It really does. And if you look into like the twelve steps, it's a big bit about forgiveness. I might have to do that before bed. I'll have a, a little glance. I um Russell Brand's uh, uh recovery book gives you a really good whistle stop tour of addiction and it pretty much covers mental health. Really? Yeah, it really, really does. Oh wow, no, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I desperately want to get him on just to go, thank you, because he's taught me loads of stuff, but yeah, it really covers it and it and that uh, acceptance that you've got an illness. Yeah. Uh, 
forgiving yourself for having an illness. No, yeah. it, it all makes sense. Uh, yeah, I might have to have a little look at it. That's another book I'm going to have to buy. It's going to be an expensive month. <laughs> all right, mate. Thank you very, very much. Thank no you. worries. Yeah, stay tuned, man. Like, seriously, yeah, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.